sacred anymore? Hard seltzers get in a tap room. Goose Island Union busting during a pandemic. Move over, Joe Camel! Craft beers getting cartoons. This is It's All Beer. Welcome to It's All Beer, the official podcast and primary sponsor for the Munich Oktoberfest for like the last two years running. Listen, there's been not a lot of competition and for recently, and I figured we can get on, get in on it while the market is a little bit depressed. Uh, and speaking of depression, Tyler, how is week two of COVID quarantine? It's my last day, according to the doctors, of uh, quarantining, so it is fantastic. I will be free! <laughs> you- uh, my sense of smell is starting to come back, and uh, yeah, it's been uh, pretty fucking boring. Um, so I just, I feel like I got to, uh, uh, got to let you know something. Um, when you get out, pants are still a thing. Pants are a thing. Um, Damn. but, um, uh, um, how you doing? What are you, what are you drinking today? Uh, if I was able to go out in public before today, uh, I would have got a beer that tied into one of my articles. Uh, but since I'm not, I'm stuck to what's in my fridge. And so. Drinking Sierra Nevada's hazy little thing. That's a classic. Every once in a while, we got to wheel out the classics, and and actually, it, it, there might have been a theme because I was looking at work for some uh, for some beer to uh, uh, bring home and drink during this. Um, nothing really tied in that I <coughs> excuse me that I was excited about. In fact, so much so I decided to cough and die right then. Um, but uh, um, I uh, grabbed a couple of I grabbed a couple of beers off my uh, 40th birthday beer cake, um, and if, nice. And so uh, uh, that I still so I'm having a couple slices of cake uh, for my uh, 40th birthday. My wife and a couple of friends um, uh, instead of p- making me a cake, which eh, who gives a shit? I I don't really like cake. I mean, it's fine, but they put together like they they piled a bunch of beer put a 40th uh, birthday candle on it and it was spectacular um uh also uh fun this week i happened because you're old because i'm old um uh i was uh running through twitter uh this uh this morning is you know getting ready for the podcast um and i found something that made me giggle so hard um paps blue ribbon um um they had put up uh um uh, something on on their Twitter feed that said uh, that feeling when you buy a uh, a um, a billboard on the cheap, and it was a picture of a billboard in our home city. <laughs> That's right next to uh, the the <laughs> a really lovely gentleman's club. So <laughs> the Spearmint Rhino. Uh... My comment but, on uh, I t- I retweeted it, reposted it because you know I love it. I, I love random Boise sightings, and my response was, "Well, at least it's not the torch." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so fu- a little bit about the billboard. Uh, it's a local artist who does all the art for Tree Fort. Um, actually, won a can design competition, and there will be cans of PBR done up in her design and i think she got like a ten thousand dollar cash prize as well uh so that's probably why they were buying up the billboard here locally uh but awesome to see kind of a little bit of local love uh but every time i see that billboard uh i think back to the time when powderhouse a local brewery had bought some billboards around town and that happened to be one of them uh and they had their that the 
billboard they had designed for that location was their house beer, and all it said was, Howdy. <laughs> and all I could imagine was their rep at the time, who's a good friend of mine, and just the most positive, optimistic person you'll probably ever see. I remember that. Cat. Yeah, he was, in. He, was in fact, <laughs> he was one of those guys that's like entirely too happy. He's a great attitude, so much so you kind of want to strangle him some days. And he would he would say howdy a lot. So all I could imagine is him walking in to sell beer to Spearmint right now and being like, howdy, would you like some house beers pasties for your nipples? <laughs> Oh, it's kind of a, it's kind of an the inside joke. The only thing that ran through, but I could see, that I, ran through my mind. I can see, I, I can totally see that coming out of his face, completely unironically too. I mean, that's just oh, hundred percent. He has a, he has a bit of Ned Flanders, Mister Rogers, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, obliviousness uh, to him sometimes. <laughs> Great guy, but just. When I read that billboard, that was what the voice was that I heard when I read it. And so every time I see that billboard, I always think back to Powderhouse advertising there. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, also, I just realized I, I, I just transitioned into that without actually saying what I was drinking. I just uh, told a story about the cake and and then moved on. Um, I'm actually uh, the first thing I got is the is an Einbecker um, oh, nice. uh, German pills. Um, I had not had this one before. Um, it's it's an interesting one. It's um, I feel like if you can like map like a flavor profile onto a graph, um, you get this big malt flavor, and then there's a dip, big hop flavor, and then nothing. It's like these. It's like two like really high peaks, and then gone. It's weird. It's a roller coaster that just goes to nowhere. It's a roller coaster in my mouth, and everyone's invited. <laughs> That's inappropriate. <laughs> uh, speaking of inappropriate, uh, let's get the show started. Uh, Tyler, do you want to kick <laughs> us off today? Sure. So, Jeremy, there is nothing sacred with craft beer left that hard seltzer's not going to taint. I mean, I, I think if I think if we had to rename this podcast, it would be called "There's Nothing Sacred About Craft Beer Anymore." <laughs> well. Uh, truly, that, that hard uh, seltzer or racism <laughs> or sexism or just general assholery can't taint. <laughs> that's, that's kind of the tagline for this. Grundled. That's 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 kind of the tagline for this podcast now. Hey, did you like? Do you like craft beer? Uh, listen up, you're not gonna like it after we're done. Enjoy your hard seltzer. We're gonna taint it. <laughs> we're gonna taint it. Hard seltzer in your taint. <laughs> so, <laughs> truly. Uh, one of the major hard seltzer players, uh, number two, if I'm not company, mis not mistaken. Yep. I, I mean, a distant number uh, two. I mean, White Claw is, you know, is way out in front, and Truly is kind of battling it out with a uh, Bud Light at number three. But yep, uh, whose parent company is Boston Beer Company, who makes Sam Adams and makes more non-beer than they make beer, but. Besides oh. the point. Also owner of Dogfish Head. Let's throw that out there. And Twisted Tea. And and uh, and uh, Angry Orchard. Angry Orchard. Uh, so, they are in the process of opening a hard seltzer tap room in L.A. I feel like it was only a matter of time, though. And, I'm, and, and I... Honestly, 
I'm weirdly I'm weirdly happy that Sam Adams is doing it. Does that make sense? Yes, but I feel they were the only ones who were going to do it. They're the only ones. If you look at them and maybe Bud Light Seltzer, they were the only ones that would have done it. Uh, White Claw is tied in with Mark's Mike's Hard Lemonade, so they ain't gonna do. They are not going to do any draft of their. They are gonna stick completely to package. Where Truly has actually done some kegs of their product for different bars and restaurants, which never made a ton of sense to me. But um, I will rest my case on that. So <laughs> they're <laughs> they broke uh, in the article by the takeout. They broke ground in their LA uh, facility in August of this year, uh, and they're expecting to be open by early 2022. Uh, it's going to be an 8,000 square foot indoor slash outdoor tap room. Christ. They'll keep 12, 12 seltzers on tap and will f- feature creative, truly cocktails. I was kind of surprised only 12 seltzers because it's literally just carbonated alcohol water. You can do a few more fucking options. How many flavors do you really but, need, though? I mean, you got, you got, uh, you, you, you got your, you got your grapefruit or whatever the fancy type of grapefruit. Palm, uh, there's a fa- there's a grapefruit and then there's fancy grapefruit and the fancy grapefruit's bigger. And then you got probably um, uh, Icea berries, which I still think are not a thing. Um, I think <laughs> I think Icea berries or however you pronounce that are 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 a hoax. Um, Let's just put it this way: they have more than twelve varieties of cans. Okay, so. Why the fuck wouldn't you have all the shit you have in cans available on draft at your tap room? Fair, uh, actually, that's fair. That's a fair question. Um, uh, uh, that's, I don't know. I get, maybe you would do. Maybe you would do a, some special things, but probably not. I mean, just like you'd probably just have your regular run of shit, and that's been call it a day. What the fuck? What 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 uh, the fuck, Sam? Adam? Yeah. Actually, the the more I think about it, the less the less sense that makes. Yeah, I'm like literally. Have four dedicated, like, one-off, you can only get here on draft, truly hard seltzers, and then have your core lineup. Give people, uh, give give the uh, the true hard seltzer acolytes a reason to make the pilgrimage to your, uh, your Mecca-O <laughs> spritzer. <laughs> so, uh, they will have the 12 truly... Seltzers on tap and will also feature creative, truly cocktails. Uh, The article mentions they just hope they keep a steady supply of the pineapple seltzer. Uh, Apparently, that's like their their most popular one. Really? That one? Okay. I I don't... All my entire knowledge of hard seltzer stems from my brief stint in in grocery when I was actually having to, to sell that shit. And, um... Uh, that actually surprises me because I don't think well I, I don't know if they had pineapple or that just wasn't like the trend like uh, pineapple's a recent one. Gra- um, I, I mean grapefruit flavors or you know grapefruity flavors, berry flavors, and citrus always sold best. Mm-hmm. Uh, truly pineapple I think came out in 2020 and it's super popular. So okay. Well. I remember hearing people excited when Truly announced they were doing a pineapple. So, <laughs> uh, I, I don't think they're regular listeners to this podcast. Then, 
Oh, one is. Oh, really? Okay. There's yep. more. There, there's uh, more bleed over to uh, of hard seltzer into the beer uh, into the beer culture than I would like to admit. That there's um, the the. the the idea that there are the people drinking seltzer and they're it, it, you know in shamefully is not a thing there's like yeah i drink hard seltzer all the time and then a beer and then three hard seltzers and mm-hmm. then i fall asleep um it's just i think i think you and i are the last holdouts it's it's us against the world i mean this is where you, this is where you tell me like actually I'm, I'm, i've been sucking down white white claws back to back this whole time <laughs> that's all i've been no, doing I really during haven't the quarantine drank much i really haven't drank much but i mean during the summer months, I'll slam some white claws or some trulies. So, I just can't. Uh, once on there was one that someone brought me that was okay, but I cannot remember the brand name. But I can't, I've tried a bunch of them, and I'm like, no, no. The problem is, is that um, like the Lacroix. You gotta right? treat it like a. You gotta treat it like a domestic, Jeremy. Well, the pro- ice cold on a hot day. And it goes down like a fat kid on a fucking seesaw. <laughs> the problem is, is like, LaCroix is my beverage of choice if I'm not drinking, um, usually. And I keep it in the house for those days. That I'm like, I just don't feel like having a beer, but I want to drink something. Um, and mm-hmm. so it's way too close to that. So if I, it's like, if I'm not drinking, why am I drinking type of thing? Uh, yeah, I mean, the tangerine white claw best one okay um, i'll take your word for that but we should just have an all seltzer so, episode at some point in time blind, <laughs> that that's our christmas break episode right now oh, blind taste test uh like <laughs> we'll find a truly a white claw uh bud light michelob like do as much as we can in the same type and we have to try to identify them oh Stay tuned for that uh, episode, uh, also called uh, uh, Jeremy's <laughs> Jeremy's Personal Hell. We'll f- fit we got to do seven, so it's the seven rings of hell. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to the story at hand. <laughs> so, uh, they're taking kind of, from what I read in the article, they're kind of taking a almost craft beer approach to it. Um, so... They're going to have a fully immersive seltzer tap room. Um, what the fuck does that mean? They have a gigantic, uh, like, uh, up above ground pool filled with seltzer that you can, like, dive into. And <laughs> What do you mean fully? All no. tap rooms are fully. Is there a tap room that's not fully immersive? It's corporate jerk off speak, man. Fully immersive. Uh, <laughs> so. The tap room's going to also feature local artist commission mur- murals, as well as entertainment spark- spotlighting up-and-coming local talent. Uh, that'll come in the form of their truly inspired concert and comedy series, uh, which will be live-streamed directly from the tap room. Uh, th- they're really emphasizing art and innovation. Uh, the article says... Which makes sense, because nothing sparks my creativity like shotgunning three seltzers back-to-back. I mean, you do get creative when you're about half in the bag, just not in the productive way. More in the, that's an interesting, crime's so weird you really can't be charged with them type of creativity. They just have to, they, yep. the, the type of crimes where they just charge you with uh, 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 drunken disorderly or, or disturbing the peace and call it a day. Because <laughs> there's no real yep. laws against what you're doing. <laughs> so, 
with this, they're expecting it to open early 2022. So for all you diehard Truly fans, make your trip to L.A. Go experience some local art and witness some up-and-coming artists uh, or comics, whatever floats your boat. Uh, the question that really is just burning with me is, who's going to be the first person to do a swamp water where it's a little... A splash of each of the twelve beers in a pint glass to slam, like you do, like you did as a kid on the fucking soda machines, where it's just a shot from every one. I did not do that, Tyler. Or did you? Do, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, I did it once as a kid. <laughs> do you just take a? I feel like something part of my. So childhood. you take. You take the cup. Okay. It, it's a. It's terrible tasting. You you only really do it once to say you did it. Uh, and you go to the soda machine and you go a splash of every single one till the cup's full. And then you try it. I never did that. Bartender um, at a bar in college uh, once uh, served me what he called the name drink. And it was a, a little splash of every uh, every booze that ha- that was that was a person's name. Right. So Jack Daniels, so, Jim Bean, Jose Cuervo, uh, Captain Morgan, I feel, is a little bit of a stretch because Captain is a title. Um, but I mean, basically, well, what about Jameson? Uh, yeah. J- J- I mean, basically, it was just a mix of any 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 person's name. Right. So it was it was whiskey so and tequila. Tito's. It tastes like whiskey and fucking tequila. And vodka. Yeah. You got vodka with Tito's. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't remember. I don't know what all was in there, but what it tasted like was just. Off. It just it tastes like a spill tray. It was a fucking spill tray. That's what it was. It was a bar mat shop. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> so, uh. I don't think he even charged <laughs> us for the shots because it was like this really weird bar uh, that was. They had just opened that year. They were really they were really struggling. We went there because all drinks were two dollars on Thursday, um, or some shit. Or two dollar Wednesday. Some someday someday all drinks were two dollars, and so I had an early class the next day, and so I I never showed up sober for. <laughs> so, Why would you? Because, but I just re- I mean they but I just remember the bartender served us this. I don't think he even charged us. I think it was just some sort of weird experiment that guy was doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, it would be similar like that. So I want to know. Who's going to be the first person to order a pint of all 12 mixed into one glass? I mean, Tyler, I, I feel like it's got to be you. you got to be the guy to do that now. Okay, if It's All Beer wants to sponsor me and fly me down to L.A. for their opening day, I will get in line, be the first person in, and be like, I want a splash of all 12. I mean, and you have to be record the- live from... <laughs> I mean, not for, you don't have to be first online, but you know, be the first person to do it. Um, I don't think I can. Uh, we can afford a, a, a plane ticket, but we can greyhound your ass down there. We'll put, <laughs> we'll put, we'll put you on a greyhound. <laughs> what, bro? A flight on like a Legion gotta be like a hundred bucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like thirty six hours on a bus to do a shot and <laughs> run back to the bus. <laughs> We'll talk. Oh no, I'm rec- I'm live streaming an episode from there. If I do this, we'll have to talk. We may have to see if we can make that happen. Just to- <laughs> GoFundMe page from all our listeners. 
I'm not sure that's GoFundMe. Where I don't know. I mean, I don't know much. They are, GoFundMe is for cancer kids, isn't it? Can you do that on GoFundMe? Fuck yeah, I, dude! A guy made like ten grand to eat like seven Chipotle burritos as fast as he could on GoFundMe. All you right. can do fucking anything. Well, um, we might try to make this a thing then. <laughs> I know St- people who got a trip. For them and to take their dog with them, they go funded it to do a trip they wanted to do, but they wanted to bring their fucking dog. All right. So. Well, uh, stay tuned to, uh, uh, to It's All Beer. Um, when we get uh, closer to uh, finding out when this uh, abomination is actually going to uh, open, we might be reaching out to you listeners to send Tyler down there to go down there and do what you call it, a swamp, swamp water? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, li- and live streaming on the podcast. There we go. All right. We'll, we will we 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 all have to try to make that happen. So um uh we'll Fuck see. Fuck it. <laughs> if we're gonna try to go fund me this, both of us are going down. We're doing an episode live. I mean, uh, it, it's we'll have like to have like tears. You know, uh, try to try to get you down there and then me. But um, but uh, uh, okay. There you go. <laughs> It's all beer going to truly hard. It'd be such a shame if our like first podcast outing was to a hard seltzer tap room. Oh, it'd be so fitting. <laughs> I'm not saying it wouldn't be fitting. I say it'd be sad. Well, Jeremy, do we got any better news on your side? Do we ever have any better news on my side? Uh, okay, I see you're always the downer. <laughs> Goose Island goes out to make Papa proud by acting like total shit stains news now. Of course it's not happy. Nothing I do is happy. We've You talked- know, I'm actually proud that it took Goose Island this long to be a bunch of cunts. <laughs> I mean, up to this point, you know, you, you kind of had... You, yeah, well, I still haven't read that book that you lent me. Um, um, because I'm... Really? Because I'm trying to get through... Because... I'm trying to get through the last uh, uh, Game of Thrones book that I keep on putting off. That's what's happening right now. Um, <clears throat> anywho. <laughs> Just get COVID and then you have two weeks of free time. <laughs> I don't want the COVID. <laughs> I've managed to get through this whole pandemic so far without it. It'd be a freaking miracle if I don't get it in this godforsaken state. Um, anyway, uh, we've talked about uh, working conditions in the craft beer industry um, and uh, that being... One of the many things that I think the industry really needs to deal with at some point in time. And, you know, I'm happy to report today that at least one brewery, Goose Island, is having absolutely none of that horse shit. Um, this comes from a Chicago Tribune uh, article by Josh Noel, actually the same guy who wrote the uh, the book we're talking about. Um, and it's entitled Goose Island Workers Tried to Unionize Before the Pandemic. The company pushed back, then laid off the leaders of the effort. Um, that's the story. That's pretty much Ooh. the story, right? I mean, that's 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 it's kind of rare. You got the headline. I mean, the the that's the headline. That, the headline is the entire story, but there's more to it. Um, the story starts way back in the heady days of 2018. Ah, the good old oh, days. Oh, the good old days. You know, we had to. Our biggest worry was whether or not a completely incompetent commander or chief might end up end the world because someone in North Korea questioned his dick size, um, and you could go out for a pint without a you know huge personal risk assessment. Simpler time. They were a simpler time back then. Uh, but I digress. Um, Goose Island has a couple of tap rooms in Chicago. Um, the Clybor Pub and 
the headquarters in its original location on Fulton Street. Okay. Um, um, and where this kind of comes at a head um, or where the story kind of starts was a Christmas party that was being held at the Clybourne uh, uh, tap room location where the employees that worked at that tap room were actually expected to serve the workers, including bartenders, servers, what have you, from this Fulton Street location, which is a bit of a slap in the face, given that the bartenders at Fulton Street were paid three times the hourly rate um, as those working the same job on Clybourne. Um, Also, not to mention that on Fulton Street, one could expect 30 to $40 an hour in tips compared to 15 to 20 at Clayborn. Um, that's not the only, I mean, this, this was kind of like, this was the, 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 the proverbial straw, right? This was just the insult that was kind of the fuck you cherry on top of a gigantic hot fudge Sunday of horseshit. Um, because things at, uh, Goose Island doesn't sound like have been right for quite some time. Um, Employees allege that they were sometimes paid or someone sometimes put in hours of unpaid overtime or unpaid uh, work outside their shifts. Um, what they were paid was not a adequate living wage. Um, and of course, you know, if you work, depending on where you worked, uh, you might get paid uh, a lot less for the same job. Um, and workers for a while had a schedule they liked. They uh, workers at uh, Goose Island were doing a 410 schedule. Uh, for a uh, uh, four-day work week um, that got taken away in, in favor of a five-day work week and there were a lot of safety concerns at the brewery um, one employee uh, named maddie Matthew alleged that while changing a keg she began to feel lightheaded and felt like she might pass out she brought this up to her oh. man- she brought this up to her manager um, who then asked her if she remembered to eat breakfast well, come to find out that a CO2 line had been left open. So the employee in question... I was going to say, a CO2 leak. Right. The employee in question was... How the fuck don't they have to have the CO2 fucking monitors that beep when it gets over... Like, here in Idaho, we are required to have CO2 fucking monitors. Yeah. Um, apparently, in Chicago, you just... You have to make... You have to just ask your employee if they had breakfast. Um, the... Uh, afterwards, the managers joked about her being the quote canary in the coal mine. So you got shit pay, um, dangerous conditions. If you're feeling, and if you're feeling that there's only one thing missing from your typical three-legged stool of shitty craft beer situations, well, saddle in. You won't be disappointed because there are also allegations of sexual discrimination and harassment. Um, Matthew, who would later become one of the organizers um, to push. Uh, Goose Island. They're Indiana. a named printer short of founders right now. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, a different type of shitty. Yes. Um, um, uh, uh, Matthew um, told the Tribune this lovely story. Um, some big VIP from the East Coast, a huge Goose Island fan, uh, was swinging by and Matthew was asked to give him a tour, which he was actually kind of excited about. But it came with this little nugget. Her manager told her that the man would probably try to kiss her. And if he did, the easiest thing would be to go along with it. Um, uh, listen, I'm at a no. point. I'm at a point in time in my life where I can barely be buggered to be nice to somebody I don't like. 
Like, if if my boss said, yeah, this guy's kind of a prick, but you got to be nice to him, I would probably say, I won't call him a cock waffle to his face. Is that good enough? <laughs> um, but it... But it did happen. Um, uh, she alleges that the man leaned in for a kiss. She turned her head in what I'm sure wasn't a completely gross or incredibly awkward kiss on the cheek. Um, she later found out that her bosses gave... She that- should have Heisman fucking stiff-armed his ass. <laughs> gave him a right shot in the taint. Uh, she found her bosses actually gave the man her cell phone number. And that he, to this day, occasionally sends her random text messages. Um... The last one she said was actually a picture of uh, him and his family with his wife, apparently, I'm guessing, drinking Goose Island beer. <clears throat> so what the fuck? Just, you know, just just quality, quality situation that you want from your employer. So by spring of 2019, the drive to unionize Goose Island was on Um and part of the reason was, as most listeners of this podcast are probably aware, Goose Island is owned by none other than AB InBev. And a good portion of AB InBev's employees are already part of the Teamsters Union. Um, and so the good, so the, the workers at Goose Island, who ostensibly work for the same company, said, and rightly I feel, listen, if we work for the same company, these people over here are allowed to unionize. Why can't we? Um, in order to, you know, to in order to have a more equitable working uh, workspace and you know prevent some of the you know, more egregious abuses, and so they started at it. Uh, Matthew, along with several several other people interviewed by the Tribune, including uh, Grace Vasquez, um, said they started meeting with other employees, uh, starting off in secret at coffee shops and bars, uh, talking to other employees. Um, to, again, saying what we want to do is we want to make a more equitable workplace. We want to you know, we want to make it so they can't fuck with you, fuck with your schedule, fuck with your hours. Um, and as of 2020, well, at, well, at the beginning of 2020, I should say, um, 70 percent or 75 percent of Goose Island's over 120 employees supported unionization. And all that was missing was the signed cards of support that would force a vote on the on the matter. And the organizers actually planned to take this issue public on March 12th, or 312, as a nod to the 312 Urban Wheat. Um, kind of a... I'm not and sure the that, whole world went to hell I say, right I'm not, around then. Uh, well, hold on. It gets, it gets better before we even get there. Because the secret got out. According to the article, Goose Island management got a hold of a union flyer. Um, one, oh. ri- one written in Spanish which is an interesting little detail. Um, I guess I, they were less careful with the ones written in Spanish, assuming that uh, uh, none of the bosses knew how to read Spanish, forgetting that uh, Union is, I think I think you can pretty much pick that up. Or, you know, the Google Translate app, you can just fucking scan everything. There's enough, I think there's... There's enough and words that are cognizant on your phone. Yeah, there's enough words in that flyer that are cognizant that any manager worth his salt's gonna go. Oh shit! Better nip this in the bud. Um, so, at that point in time, uh, the 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 race was on. Um, in order uh, in order to try to, to try to get this uh, to get this going, um, the organizers scrambled to get the cards of support signed. 
Uh, meanwhile, Goose Island uh, took out the old union busting playbook and began running it down step by step. Um, they started out with mandatory meetings for all employees where Goose Island management set out presentations about the pros and cons of union membership, mostly cons. Um, at one, John Hall, uh, one of the original founders oh. and still a big player, of <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, he's, he's one of the big names in craft beer. Um, he showed up to one of these meetings to tell the employees that if they unionize, they'd have to close down the Claiborne tap room and fire everyone. Um, Meanwhile, uh, management started working on those that started working on some of the other employees offering promotions and bonuses, including a 312 bonus for all employees on 312 day. They're going to take it back, right? Um, those that spoke to the Tribune noted that it was the first bonus they'd ever received at the company. And, but it did work. <laughs> People did start a, uh, gradually asking for their signed uh, union support cards back. Um at the same time, organizers said they were basically being stalked by the managers. Uh, to quote one of the organizers, uh, quote, it was a gradual slide into more and more of a tense work environment. There was more and more scrutiny over the way you spent your time, more scrutiny over potential slip-ups, and people waiting on waiting for you to make a mistake. So yeah, you just got a, you just got a terrible situation. You got on one side uh, the, the support that you've been trying to drum up for over a year just drying up um, over pretty much a lack of solidarity. And then you've got the managers just basically hounding you, just making, just making your life a living hell, N nothing doing not really nothing else, but making your life a hell. Right. And yeah. then the pan, then as you talk about the pandemic hit uh, to quote, uh, to quote uh, one of the organizers named freed um, uh, quote, when it became clear, we'd be staying home because of the pandemic. The unsaid truth was our effort was done. Um, because I think they knew the writing on the wall. Everybody knew the writing on the wall. Um, the layoffs were coming, and surprisingly, surprise, surprise, those who were involved in organizing the union were cut. Um, uh, again, from the same from the same person. Uh, uh, quote: The most horrific experience of my life was hearing from all my friends, friends, and saying, "Yeah, I just got the call. Yeah, I got the call. And yeah, I got the call." Fuck. Um, in all, all in all, twenty employees at Goose Island were let go. Um, so Chicago Tribune talked to seven uh, employees uh, that were responsible for organizing the union drive. Of those, five were laid off. Um, Damn. Uh, to uh, to quote Vasquez, uh, quote: It seemed to me they had designed a system with the goal of being sure I did not have a job at the end of it. Um, so now. Did That's, the article mention what the two who didn't get laid off, what their jobs were? Or? Well, no, because um, as I'm going to get to, um, there is there is a deal in play. Um, uh, so, um, well, it didn't. It, no, so scratch that. No, I'm thinking about something else. It didn't mention um, the two that still had a job at Goose Island, what they did, and they never quoted them. Um, just mm. in, um, at least I don't think so. Cause, uh, there was three people who were, who were mostly quoted in the article and all of them had lost their job. Okay. Uh, um, now to be fair, um, a goose Island was suffering. And, uh, at that point in time, um, AB InBev as a whole was suffering and the, uh, and the, uh, the, the people who had lost their job sort of acknowledged that, but, um, Go but goose Island's response 
to whether these employees were specifically targeted because of their desire to have a union? Well, this, the response was about as you expect. They said that their decision to lay off people uh, um, uh, was concurrent with, quote, current business needs and employees' years of service and availability. Um, so more or less people with uh, less experience and expertise uh, were kept on board, though, according to some of the organizers. Um, to me, that's, I mean, I don't know, I read that statement and it was like, organizing wasn't not not the reason, right? It was the reason, but they just can't say it was the reason because... Well, I mean, l l let's face facts. Uh, times get tough, layoffs happen, and um, you're looking at uh, and you're looking at employees to cut. You're really going to keep the employees that have been making your life a little bit miserable lately. Yeah, no. So, I mean, it's kind of like you know, you know, their you know their statement, like, yeah, we've we just been we were looking at what we needed and all that, like, yeah, and what you and what you absolutely didn't need was a bunch of employees, you know, threatening to unionize. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, as to the other allegations, uh, specifically involving the one involving Matthew in the uh, VIP dirt bag, uh, quote, this is the first time we've been made aware of this situation and we're taking it very seriously. We've had several processes in place for employees to report incidents, incidents, and every concern reported is thoroughly investigated. So rest assured, um, AB of Bev is on top. Nothing of will happen. <laughs> Um, in the aftermath, I'm pretty sure that's the same response they had when whatever, what was the fucking brewery? It was platform. That, it was, it was that platform. All of them walked out. Yeah. Platform pretty sure burn. it's the same fucking response. Uh, yeah, we this is the first we've heard about this and, uh, we're looking into it. I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. Um, anywho, um, in the aftermath uh, the laid-off employees were offered offered a severance uh, based on their time and pay at the company, if they would chose to sign a non-disclosure. But the amount for some of those employees was less than a hundred bucks. Um, yep. So obviously, all the employees that spoke to the Tribune declined this offer, including Matthew, who said, "quote I felt gross. They were asking me to do that uh, for uh, for a thing in my mind." They said sort of one. If they can take away, if if I can take away anything from it, it's the ability to tell people what happened. Yeah. Um, in the end, uh, a few considered reporting the incident to the National Labor Relations Board uh, for union busting tactics, but decided there was little point as they were no longer affiliated with the company, and they probably wouldn't couldn't do anything anyway because it's it's to be fair, it's hard to prove in this situation that. They were fired specifically because they were trying to unionize because they fired a bunch of people because mm, pandemic. It was a convenient I was opportunity. Say the pandemic bailed them out. Let's fail. Let's face it. It was a convenient opportunity that they, you know, what's the what's the old saying? Never let a good crisis go to waste. Yep. <laughs> that's I, mean, no I think press that's, is bad press. I think that's a fair assessment to of what happened. I don't even think that. I mean, yeah, like they were pain in the ass. So we got rid of them. What, did you, what would you do? Fair enough. Um, so there you go. The uh, the short kind of sad tale of uh, of people trying to make lives better for them at Goose Island. Well, hopefully the Goose Island workers, when shit finally makes its way back to normal, can re-spark this effort and actually succeed at it. 
I think what I think we ought to take away, especially those who are in the trenches, it's that, I mean, you know, uh, depending on the size, unions may or may not be the answer. But um, when if that opportunity arises and that's something you're interested in, solidarity is the key because where this thing started falling apart was you know the tactic of well hey we'll give you a promotion hey we'll give you a bonus hey you know if you just is you know if you'll just mm-hmm. sign this and and go away so uh yep. one thing to keep in mind and also um you know goose island eh, a bunch of fuckwits starting to go downhill <laughs> <laughs> uh tyler do you have something happier for us you know, let's break out the Looney Tunes because craft beer is going to the cartoons. Found an article from 750 Daily uh, about how cartoons are becoming the beer industry's best new sales tool. Um, which, like, it never really clicked until I saw this article and I stopped before reading the article and go, how many cartoons do i really see and then you start being like oh yeah there's that and there's that and there's that when we were just talking about like cartoony artwork on cans right yeah so like cartoony mascots okay um so the article starts off talking about revolution brewing needed help they needed a new kind of hero so in 2013, they reached out to the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo, uh, the city's largest convention of the kind, um, and they decided to brew a expo-specific beer called the Galaxy Hero IPA, a flagship or a spinoff of their flagship anti-hero, uh, using Australia's Galaxy Hop. Uh, at the time, which was kind of the new fun hop on the scene uh so an illustrator drew an interstellar space traveler with a hop for her head standing atop a strange palette planet uh it was designed as a one-off but became so popular that it stuck around uh, and it spawned what they called their league of heroes uh, it's a series of rotating ipas featured in a variety pack each variety pack is called an issue, similar to comic books. Uh, it stars four different heroes, such as the Valkyrie Hero Hazy Rye IPA. Um, and with this, uh, they actually were talking to someone, and they comp- uh, Max Bear of Salsa Sharks, who illustrated the comics. Uh, actually talked about how there's a huge crossover with people who are the diehard craft beer nerds who have to collect the newest, latest, greatest beer and have to collect the newest edition of a comic book. (laughs) There's a little bit of, there's a little bit of like a cross geekery there. Yes. And it was something I never really clicked on until reading that and then i was like holy shit it really like there's the local can collector who anytime someone changes up the label whether it just be a small difference goes out and he buys that new can Mm -hmm. so he can have it and and i was like holy shit this is really ringing true um 
And so with this, they're on issue five of the rotating uh, variety pack, uh, which I, I think my, from a marketing perspective, calling your variety pack an issue is genius. You, I mean, you're trying to target the crossover of the comic book nerd, the superhero nerd with the craft beer nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually gets into how since the 50s, cartoons have helped beer brands. Uh, I would even throw in tobacco brands. Any kind of brand, a cartoon fucking helps. Well, uh, I mean, and for uh, accusingly insidious reasons, I mean, you know, you hinted that during the headlines, Joe Camel and uh, and uh, uh, and cigarettes, uh, supposedly uh, targeting kids. Um and also with a very he was phall- more recognizable than fucking Ronald McDonald. And also with a very phallic nose. I remember it's like some uh, some uh, uh, story or something <laughs> noting that every time you like look, it's like, oh yeah, his nose looks a little bit like a penis. I could see that. You know, um, just but- to 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 illustrate that smoking the cigarette will make your dick bigger. I think I don't know. <laughs> so they talk about how Peel's beer back in fifty. 50- in the 50s, ran an ad campaign showing the animated antics of their fictitious owners, Bert and Harry Peel. Uh, then, of course, you have the Hams cartoon bear. Okay. Everyone knows and loves. Yeah. Um, but with the kind of resurgence of the Marvel Universe, uh, superheroes becoming more and more popular, you see that kind of in Revolution's hero line. Uh, where it's all tied in with these different heroes. You see it with New Belgium. They went from being... How many times did you hear someone go, hey, I really like that Fat Tire Brewery? <laughs> a lot. That was... I, that was a, a few people I had to explain that New Belgium and Fat Tire were the same brewery. Yes. Uh, to Voodoo Ranger fucking everything. Everything And was... they've done a great job of tying that guy in making that cartoon kind of lovable they did incorporating him on the package where he's standing and if they double stack their six packs you turn them the right way it makes the full body of him uh he even has his own fucking instagram now uh skeleton guy has his own fucking yep of course he does <clears throat> where you can uh Follow his daily antics, basically. Uh, <laughs> his daily antics. I have, hold on. I'm not, I'm, I'm, it's all beer subscribing to this. I've got to. I have got to see what antics the the skele- the the uh, uh, voodoo uh, skeleton is getting up to. Uh but the fucking voodoo ranger is, according to Nielsen scan data, the top IPA. In the data, the Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA trails behind only Blue Moon for dollar sales in craft in all of craft beer. So these have taken off New Belgium and really kind of elevated their portfolio. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, there's a there 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 are definitely some antics. I got the uh, yeah. Um, 
what the fuck is this? There's it looks like there's there's a, just a random picture of him um, doing woodworking as near as I can tell. <laughs> like oh it so, looks oh he cra- he it's a picture of the voodoo skeleton crafting a beer koozie out of wood. Okay, all right then. <laughs> <laughs> so that has been a huge success for them. Uh, Revolution has had a ton of success with their Legion of Heroes variety pack. Uh, it's released uh, tri-annual. And then with this here, uh, there's King County's Brewer Collective in New York that kind of takes more the like gory graphic horror with the labels, but they're crazy looking labels that really draw the eye and he said people might not be familiar with craft beer, but they'll look at the label and go, "It's a zombie fighting an alien." I mean, kind of going that's night- kind of interesting. Kind of going nightmare brewing's route, or or more like comic booky. More like penguin comic booky meets nightmarey. Interesting. Um, then you have California Wild Ales down in San Diego, um, which this is probably. My favorite one out of the story, uh, they created little monsters and gave them their own personality because he says the wild yeast and souring bacteria are very misunderstood to the casual craft beer fan. So he created characters for Britannomyces, uh, Petacoccus, Lactobacillus, all bacteria and wild yeast strains that play a big part in a lot of their beers. And so he created individual characters from, for them so he could showcase them. And during San Diego's Comic-Con, uh, he gives does special editions of these beers with monsters, cosplaying characters from Rick and Morty, Star Wars, Harry Potter, as well as other things <laughs> to really just kind of drive up that hype. Um, Boulevard has even hopped on to this with their uh, space Camper. I would uh, say Space Camper came to mind. Yep. Um, Great Notion has done an amazing oh, job yeah. with this as well. Oh, yeah. Great Notion. And during the pandemic last year, they actually launched an interactive app that allowed customers to order their beers, um, but also created little miniature games uh, and backstories for all their characters that really just connected people to the can labels even more i mean it it's there's a brilliance to that in a way because i mean as anybody who's done sales will tell you i mean if you have a story it doesn't even matter what the story is if you can tell a story about a product you've instantly captured somebody's um, interest in it because if that's just how just how what, you know, the human brain is wired and so you know suddenly mm-hmm. the 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 character has a whole backstory shit it almost doesn't matter what the uh, the liquid inside tastes like you're gonna put it in your face yep and then it got me thinking kind of on the local level i mean payette uh, brewing here locally just released their canned cocktails to any timers and they did a cartoony mascot god with it 
with res- uh, with, with all due respect to Payette, those are fucking awful. I, <laughs> they they did bring those by, and I'm sorry. Some of, uh, there was one that was okay, but there was uh, like a I forget what it was, but there was a ginger a ginger one that was the Moscow Mule. What was a Moscow Mule, or there was I can't remember. There was one of them that was just I guess that wasn't the Moscow Mule. The Moscow Mule was okay, but there was one of them that was just fucking awful. I, I haven't had them, so. Uh, but <laughs> then you also have like Boise Brewing. They have their hop mascot for their Hoptober Fresh World oh, that's yeah. upcoming. Uh, really, just people kind of remember that. Uh, then you have. Woodland Empire's the got their kind of like little fruit I, guy. I was gonna say. Woodland Empire, you have the big sticky hop cartoon. You have Moon Dog. The yeah. They've always kind of relied on cartoony kind of weird artwork. And but most of their beers have been very memorable because of the artwork. I mean, speaking so, of which, I've, I've it's, there's no cartoony label, but I have I happen to move to one of theirs because it was also on my beer cake. The Midnight Radio is a uh, black IPA with Simcoe, Cashmere, and Citra. Very nice. It's nice. It's got those nice uh, bright hop flavors uh, blend very well with the uh, with like the the roasty uh, the roasty grains. But anyway, while so we were, where oh, would it rank between Mountain Standard, Wookie Jack, and on your li- top list of black IPAs? I mean, it's I, I I don't think I like it as much as like Wookie Jack or uh, Mountain Standard, but it's very good. It's a very well made black IPA. So. Nice. I know it's 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 but, it's becoming a style that I increasingly, I don't know if if, it, um, I find myself like now that I I hated them when they were big, but now I I, I now I'm liking them now that nobody likes it. They're becoming like pumpkin beers for me, except for I always like pumpkin beers, but uh, but now now that everybody hates black IPAs, Jeremy, huh? It's because you're a hipster. Yes. Uh, my my dirty secret is out. <laughs> anyway, I since you're we talking about uh, a Woodland Empire, I just wanted to throw that out there. Since you know, we I had I, I was drinking one of their beers. Yeah. Uh, so I guess it, it's cool to see how cartoons have almost helped elevate craft beer, and I'm curious to see where it goes. But I'm also curious to see if it almost doesn't become too successful and faces the fate of Joe Camel. Well, I mean, we've sort of kind of ran into that. Um, I mean, founders in some states, they're the, the, uh, the, the bre- baby, the, the, the baby, the, the, uh, uh, breakfast out, um, yep. uh, is not allowed. Um, at, you know, in, in the idea that having a baby on the label is marketing to children. So, I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's some of that, so I'll be curious to see if some of these uh, start having to roll back, but it also makes sense while why a lot of breweries have leaned towards cartoons because it's easier to get an artist or an illustrator to draw that and have it be something solely for that where you're not using someone else's intellectual property, basically. So, Jeremy, what do we got next? All right. No shit, really. Here are the strongest beers in the world right now. Uh, Tyler, I think it was you that mentioned a couple weeks ago that every fucking, like, 
tangential like beer media and even like national media all ran with the same headline. They got totally duped. Um, Sam Adams creates a beer illegal in 14 states or something like 15 states or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, and you already talked a bit something about like why, that. You already talked a bit about why that was bullshit. But very briefly, uh, do you want to tell us why that was bullshit again, Tyler? Because they do this beer every year. Uh, it's not something new like the media always tries to fucking make it out to. And it's illegal for the simple fact those states have an alcohol limit. You can't go above that to sell into that. That's why Goose Island a couple of years ago had to announce a recall because Ohio, I want to say, is you can't be over 13% alcohol. And they sent... So they do a different variation for those states that you can't be over 13%. And so it's under 13%, so it can be sold in there. And they sent the wrong one. They sent the 14% one over to Ohio and then had to, like, scramble and call a recall on it. Oh, my God, they're going to get an extra percent of alcohol. (laughs) Yeah. In the state of Idaho, I want to say just recently, it used to be 15% was the cap. It recently bumped to, like, 16. Was that right? I didn't know they had bumped it. Uh, the only reason I knew they bumped it was because Anderson Valley uh, sent their huge Archer cans up here that was 15 and a half. And I asked the distributor, I was like, I thought 15 was the cap. And he's like, no, it recently got bumped with this bill. And I was like, oh, oh well. okay. Well, well, And I can't remember what it got bumped up to, but. Well, not not enough because, I mean, I think it's still illegal here. But um, it anyway, is. Well. Uh, I, you weren't the only person that found that headline kind of stupid. Uh, this is from uh, uh, the beer, connoiss- uh, beer connoisseur entitled "The World's Strongest Beers" by Jessica. Uh, is written by Jessica Zimmer. Um, all of these beers, all of them, are illegal in the same fifteen some odd states or something. Well, maybe not all of them because I think at least one of them might actually be legal here now. But let's. Uh, um, this is these are the strongest beers in the world. Um, uh, uh, all of them, I think, except for maybe the first one, illegal in our home state of Idaho. Your mileage may vary. I'm going to start at the bottom of this list and work my way up first, clocking in at 15 to 20 percent, depending on the run. Dogfish Heads 120 minute IPA, described as amber colored. Which that is not allowed. They don't send that to Idaho because they can't guarantee where it's going to clock in at. So that is why you have to drive to Oregon to get it if you want it. So, yeah, literally all these beers are, you're, you're not going to get them out of hoax. All of them are illegal. Um, um, but uh, uh, to quote uh, uh, Mark uh, Safrick, the master brewer, uh, we add a ridiculous amount of malt and sugar to the beer, uh, generally pitching two or three times the normal volume of yeast. Uh, we do some TLC in the fermentation process and dry hop with a blend of Pacific Northwest hop varieties. Uh, so it should be noted that this is one of the few on the list that is strictly fermented, not ice distilled or anything. So these are the, a couple of them on here. Just the power of yeast, right? Um, and now we're going to start getting to the point where Jeremy and I argue whether it is a beer or it is whiskey. <laughs> Oh, we're just going to happen, but uh, uh, coming in at 16 to 21%, and I'm guessing the variables on some of these beer is the yeast, because like when you're up at those upper limits, the kind of yeast and the kind of lease you're dealing with, even if you do everything right, there's a chance they're just going to quit on you because, you know, yeasts are living and they're kind of fickle, but... I think that's the. I think that's why you're getting like on these lower ones that are. They still use just yeast. 
um, why you're going to get like the, uh, these variable limits. But anyway, uh, and I think they're also doing multiple batches that blend it in. That's possibly and so. Well. Instead of instead of sending the final blended product because it may take a little while to blend everything out and then having to redo the label every time just going okay usually we hit between here and here this beer is going to be between here and here um yeah i think that's fair uh chocolate rain uh by the brewery um it's a barrel aged beer that started out as a cast conditioned version of black tuesday um, also from the same brewery. Um, this one is aged in bourbon with mm-hmm. vanilla and cocoa nibs. Uh, aged for seven months, described as having a roasty coffee nut flavor with some syrupy mouthfeel and a bitter chocolate finish. So I've had both of these so far. I, chocolate I, rain was I've pretty good. Rain, yeah. uh, I've never had a fresh 120. I've had a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and a one-year-old. So... That's the same. I don't think I've had a fresh 120. The one I the, I've had it once, and I think it was like two or three. We probably have the same one. Um, yeah, because we had a vertical with Renee. That's right. We had a one, two, three. Um. Anyway, all right. Here's a weird one. You ready? Coming in at 19.3 percent. Yep. The mighty oyster from Liberace Res- Restaurant and Brewery. This is an Italian grape ale, as listed by the BJCP. It's in a corner of the style guide that I have never actually looked back. It's actually the very last listing, way back in the back, where I think even the people that wrote it gave up a bit. Um, the an te- Italian grape ale? It's, so it's a fucking wine? It's, um, it's, it's category is X3. X, that's where we're at here. Um um, overall impression, sometimes refreshing, sometimes more complex Italian ale, uh, characterized by different variety of grapes. Um, color could be dark to brown, um, flavor, many interpretations, uh, grape flavor, grape character must be present, uh, can range from medium intensity, varies, varieties of the grape can contribute differently, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this is a, uh, a, uh, a, a, Style produced by the Italian craft breweries in later years, um, and it is basically a a a a, uh, a blend of uh, of beer and wine. But anyway, um, it's so usually... like Dogfish has had sixty one minute IPA. But um, so first of all, usually it clocks in between four point eight and ten percent. The maniacs at uh, uh, Liberati decided to make a super high gravity version with Sauvignon. Uh, Sauvignon Blanc grapes and oysters. Um, All right. It came around when the brewer was considering how wonderful a Sauv Blanc uh, pairs with oysters, and he described it as a Belgian golden strong with a nice acidity and aromatic notes of apricots and peaches. I really wish they would have used Nelson hops on it too, just to really just <laughs> ooh that would be reinforce nice. that bitch. But uh, that one's uh, only available at the brewery in Italy, so. Good luck on that one. All right, next one. GoFundMe, baby! <laughs> Colossus. I don't think we're going to get a GoFundMe to Italy, but hey, if we get it to Los Angeles, we'll go sky's the limit. Colossus by Duclaw comes in at 173 to 21.52%. I have no idea why this is so conversely precise and imprecise, but whatever. <laughs> Another beard brewed... Just by being extra special, nice to the yeast, an American strong. They basically brew um, uh, a really big beer, and they keep on feeding the yeast little by little to coax it up past a fifteen percent mark. And then they add spices like coriander and cinnamon while they're uh, uh, adding sugar. 
They do recommend serving this beer slightly warmed in a 6.8 ounce snifter, and you get this big, boozy apple pie flavor. And that Sounds is where... delicious. And now we are at the limits of what yeast itself can produce. The next highest... Now we're... In... <laughs> Icebox! <laughs> coming in at 26%. That And also, we're getting into a bunch of things I'm going to mispronounce. Make peace with this. Uh, the Destroyed Bra- <laughs> Brower's Damnation 5 Double Black. Not a lot of info on this one. It comes from an Imperial Stout that uh, that uh, these uh, these Belst- Belgian ostrich farmers um, uh, ramped up. Uh, that's apparently the 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 uh, uh, a, the background of the people who run this brewery. They're ostrich farmers. Fuck yeah! Um, Fuck this, yeah! This is the first one on the least that uh, they have to get up to twenty six percent by ice distilling, um, which you know involves freezing it and scooping out the water. Um, now. And only now do we get to Sam so Adams. So, for people that don't don't know, ice distilling is made possible because water freezes at a higher temperature than alcohol. So, when you get it down to freezing, you can scoop out that ice, get it colder. More water is being extracted while the alcohol is remaining in there. You could almost think of it as like the opposite of traditional distilling, whereas you are you know you're applying heat so the alcohol you know and separating the alcohol from the rest of it this you're separating the water out from the rest of it so um now we get to sam adams utopia at 28 percent um respectable sure hardly the biggest on the list we haven't even begun to bring the boozy uh it's described as a triple block that set that used to set records at 17.5 when they brewed it back in 1994 and they kept on brewing it bigger and bigger and bigger until they got to this point. And it should be noted that they actually brew it up to 30%, but then they blend it down to, quote, keep it from being too ferocious. Um, <laughs> they also claim they have to wash the, watch the temperature in the brew house while they are aging this beer as the fumes could become explosive. I, that's just, that's what they say. I'm not sure I buy that, but you know what? We report, you decide. And here we go. Espirit de Noel at 40% ABV, um, brewed by Baladin out of Italy. Um, this is a, uh, again, this is an ice distilled yellow beer, as the article calls it. It is aged for three years in oak barrels, and that is literally all that's said about it. All right. All right. You'll know this one. Next. End of history by Brewdog. At 55 percent. was end of the world. As end of history. Um, according to the Is article. Is this the one in the squirrel? Here's, a, here's the interesting thing. 55% ABV and stuffed inside an apparently a variety of taxidermied roadkill animals. Um, this beer <laughs> actually inspired a truly horrific discussion uh, at the time between me uh, and Tyler at our old place of employment. Um, <laughs> but we assumed it was just the squirrel with the top hat that they used. They also used weasels. Like the easy cat ball. They also used weasels and taxidermied rabbits. Um, and they... <laughs> it's like... A, it's like... A, the, like... Collect everything out of the cereal box. You gotta buy a weasel one, you gotta buy a rabbit one, you gotta buy a squirrel one, have them all up, and that's the ultimate fuck you. <laughs> the problem is only 12 bottles were ever produced. Um, and so I guess you, uh, the maybe one, I don't think even one person can ever have, and you have to, you, you, 
you just have to to Google uh, "end of history" by Brewdog to understand what we're talking about. But they literally like encased a bottle of this booze inside a taxidermied animal. It's just you have to go see it for yourself. Um, I may throw up a picture on Instagram just to refresh everybody's memory. But only twelve bottles were produced. Uh, the beer was mixed with nettles and juniper berries from the Scottish Highlands. All right, we're into the top three. At fifty-seven, it is the end of history. So. Uh, at 57.5 fucking percent. By the way, it's so weird to be thinking of beer at 20% and, you know, like, oh, well, there's the weak sauce. Um, but here we are. Um, <laughs> Schorschbach from Schorschbrau in Germany. Only 36 bottles of this beer were ever produced, and it is described as tasting like soy sauce or molasses or maybe smoky and nutty. That's all the information we have all on right. that one. Number two. Start of the uh, future. Hold on, real oh. quick on the on the Brewdog one. I want to say, let me see if I can find it real quick. They start because I, I know the end of history on Brewdog is a Belgian blonde or a Belgian ale brewed. Uh, but I want to say they start out with like seven hundred gallons of it, and then they kept ice distilling till they got to the fifty-five percent alcohol. Um, and then it, um, th- they only had enough left to basically make, make 12 bottles, <laughs> 12 bottles. I mean, it was also something they did, especially for investors. So and I think, I mean, well, they to... did it again for investors when they opened their Ohio spot. All right. Oh, okay. I didn't mention anything but... about doing it anyway. Um, uh, number two, start of the future from um, Browery to Cool Ship from the Netherlands. Um, at this level, the beers are fucking uncarbonated because you can't carbonate fucking ethanol, which is what we're basically at here. I mean, these are more potent than whiskey. Um, and this is at the point where I go, they're fucking whiskey at this point in time. Um, we're not going to have this. Whole, ice we're, box. We're not going to have this debate. You know, we have to have we have to set aside a whole uh, episode to really have this debate. I think, um, and mostly my position is to annoy Tyler anyway. But um, start of the future is a pale is pale yellow with a sweet tangy taste that some have described as peppery and soapy. So that sounds lovely. Um, <laughs> and finally. Uh, the most boozy beers as yet produced by the imperfect hands of humans. Snake Venom by Brewmeister out of Scotland at 67.5 fucking percent alcohol or more accurately, 135 proof. Oh, fuck. This is actually a bit of a bitch because not only do they ice distill, but then they actually add pure ethanol to it to get it this high, which... Okay, that's cheating. Okay, I will call that not a beer. That field does feel like cheating somehow. Um, It's dense, boozy, uncarbonated. According to the article, customer reviews differ. Some say it's toasty and pleasant, while others say it tastes like gasoline, which makes sense. You poured, you added gasoline. Gasoline is one of the ingredients. Yeah. So there you go. So, um, I know. Brewdog in their quest to get the fifty-five percent alcohol beer, uh, it was them and another brewery. They went back and forth as a dick measuring contest. I'll send Jeremy their blog post link that talks. They did like three, two beers before the end of history, 
one at like 31, one at 41, and then the 55 percenter because each time they had to one up the brewery that had the highest alcohol. And it was <laughs> Sounds- like them and another brewery going back and forth for a little while. It's weird that this brewery, that other brewery may or may not have been mentioned, but yeah, you have to send me that. Um, anyway, there it is. There's a list of a whole bunch of beers that you can't sell in 15 states. A couple of them you probably can't sell at all. Full stop. Um, Tyler, do you have anything else for us today? Uh, just one quick thing. Um, the new CEO of AB InBev is actually looking at offloading their German beer brands uh, in an effort to focus more beyond beer and get out of uh being in the beer industry outside of their core domestics, really, uh, they're looking at selling the labels such as Franzen, Saker, Weissbeer, uh, Hessen Roder, and Spaten. Thank God. I was like, oh, uh, please let Spaten be. I, I, I want to drink Spaten, but I don't want to support AB and Bevel that way. Although, my, uh, my, as my... well as Bex is in that list, yeah, uh, they, they employ uh, more than 2,000 people in Germany and, um, they're looking to offload them. Uh, they've put the word out that they're starting to, they want to get rid of them. And they inherit, they never actually went out and bought these beers, uh, these brands. Uh, it was, they inherited them when InBev bought Anheuser-Busch because InBev had oh. bought Interbrew before. Um and that's what cre- when uh, they bought Interbrew, they became InBev. And then when InBev bought AB, they became AB InBev. So they were kind of thrown in the land there. So they are looking at selling those and have started putting out the word and trying to find a purchaser for those brands. Well, as long as we're like throwing out GoFundMe's, I mean, I guess top tier is uh, you buy a uh, uh, you you buy. Uh, um, uh, Tyler uh, Spotten and you know let him live his Willy Wonka lifestyle that you know that deep down in his heart he really really wants <laughs> fuck yeah me, let's do this bitch and like a kings and convicts in a land of pure inebriation come with me <laughs> no uh, one thought kings and convicts could <laughs> buy constellation no one thinks we can buy fucking the German beers from uh, AB Let's do it. We'll see if we can't get to Time L.A. to the people. We'll see if we can't get to L.A. first and Italy, and then we'll work our way up to buying uh, buying out a major conglomerate. We'll get there. I believe we'll get there. Anyway, uh, this has been uh, It's All Beer. Um, if you want to get a hold of us, and so we put all our articles up on Twitter, uh, It's All Beer 1. Uh, we have Instagram and uh, Facebook. I put up a, a bunch of weird. Pi- There's probably going to be a lot of weird pictures going up on Instagram, so you might want to uh, 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 check us check up on that because I feel like there's uh, there's going to be some uh, uh, a reckoning happening there because there's a lot of weird images right now. So um, I think we got to uh, uh, this ep- this episode just included a lot of weird imagery. So um, if you need a if you need an acid trip but can't afford or can't locate any of the desired drug, uh, we'll have our Instagram feed up for you for some beer related weirdness and also. Uh, Facebook page um, to find out what we're up to. And if you want to get a hold of us, uh, you can send us an email. Uh, it's all beer at gmail.com. 
if you are uh, listening to this and you've enjoyed yourself, uh, you know, consider leaving us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or Facebook or, you know, or just... You know what? Write it on a sheet of paper, uh, uh, attach it to a donkey, slap him on the ass, and hope for the best. That's not the that's not the worst thing I've ever heard. Um, but uh, uh, anything, anyway, uh, I think that'll be quite enough from us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'm gonna have a beer. Have fun. <laughs>